0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, May 28th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Talley. Here's today's headlines. Canal fix gains urban vote. Imperial farmer tees up SCOTUS case. Senate Ag Board to meet and USDA nominee deflects CCC questions. Los Angeles lawmakers join call for fixing canals. Several urban lawmakers have joined Central Valley Republicans and moderate Democrats in asking Governor Gavin Newsom to support SB 559. The bill proposes $800 million for repairing three canals and the California aqueduct. Newsom has allotted $200 million for the cause as a part of his drought package. We need to fully fund the canals this year, writes a coalition of more than a dozen lawmakers in a letter to Newsom this week. We need to be able to move the water efficiently, or it doesn't matter how much we have stored. Imperial Farmer petitions SCOTUS to hear water rights case. Farmer Michael Abadi has raised the stakes for water rights nationwide, by appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court to decide a long-standing legal battle with the Imperial Irrigation District. IID did not initially respond to the petition, assuming the court would swiftly reject the filing. But the court felt otherwise, and the district filed a brief this week. The case hinges on whether farmers own an irrevocable allocation of the district's Colorado River water and if that is a federally protected water right. On both issues, the answer is no, said IID General Counsel Frank Oswalt in a statement. IID has argued the right pertains simply to the delivery of water. Drought and the state's response on agenda for state ag board. The state food and ag board on Tuesday will hear from farmers and farm bureaus on the deepening impacts of the drought. The board will also discuss the response of state agencies and the $5 billion drought package the governor has proposed for the state budget. This funding will improve our state's overall water resilience, invest in drinking water and wastewater infrastructure and provide for multi-benefit land repurposing among a number of other investments, said CDFA Secretary Karen Ross in a statement. The meeting will also cover the governor's proposals for sustainable ag with CDFA Undersecretary Jenny Lester Moffitt, who is likely to be soon joining the Biden administration. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak West after this. Registration is now open for the 2021 AgriPulse Food and Agriculture Policy Summit West. AgriPulse editor Sarah Wyatt says... California's ad future is at stake. Between the water shortages and the regulatory burdens and the labor shortages and trying to come back after COVID, how California is gonna continue to be competitive. The summit features views from a diverse group of government, environmental, regulatory and agriculture leaders. The take homes will be about how California agriculture is resilient through all these tough times that they're finding new and innovative ways to succeed and to come together and be part of that solution. Make plans to attend the AgriPulse Food and Agriculture Policy Summit West, Monday, July 12th at the Grand Sheraton, Sacramento. Virtual registration is also available at www.agripulse.com. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak West. It's been a tough week for Roundup. But what does it mean? Bayer's announcement that it may get out of the Roundup lawn and garden business isn't too worrisome for the ag sector, given that the company has pledged to continue making the herbicide available to farmers. But the precedent set by a federal judge rejection this week of a settlement to deal with future claims of harm from the widely used chemical has the National Association of Wheat Growers CEO Chandler Gould seeing red. Gould said, quote, it's unfortunate to see that our legal system does not take science into consideration. The proposed settlement, quote, would have been the most efficient way to bring closure to this action. Ag consultant Jay Vroom, the longtime head of CropLife America, said he wouldn't be concerned about Bayer leaving the residential market because there are dozens of other manufacturers and suppliers of the chemical. On the other hand, The Environmental Working Group, a group that has long criticized the herbicide, said stopping residential use would be a positive step. But they call for a complete halt to all uses. EPA recently defended glyphosate safety in a brief filed in federal appeals court. CCC questions will have to wait for Bonnie. Hip had no trouble in her confirmation hearing yesterday. Lasted about an hour. The only questions that she really dodged were over Ag Secretary Don Filsack's legal authority to use the Commodity Credit Corporation to buy carbon credits. But that was also the only issue where Republicans tried to pin her down on her legal opinion. Next up in the confirmation process is likely to be Robert Bonney, the USDA climate advisor that has been picked as Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. It'll be harder for Bonnie to deflect questions about the carbon bank in CCC. The last thing he can say is that he hasn't thought about the issue when he's written reports promoting the concept. By the way, no hearing for Bonnie has been scheduled. Debbie Stabenow, the chair of the Senate Ag Committee, told Agripulse she's still waiting for his paperwork to be completed. She says it's possible Hip's nomination will be approved by unanimous consent. Could China actually meet its Phase One pledge? So far this year, China's U.S. ag exports remain 22% behind the pace needed to make good on its commitments under the Phase One agreement with the Trump administration, that according to an analysis by the American Farm Bureau Federation. But China's making up ground. April was the first month where China actually exceeded the amount of impact to import pace needed to comply with the deal. China imported $2.2 billion worth of U.S. ag commodities in April. Given what we've seen thus far in 2021 in terms of sizable purchase commitments of new crop commodities expected to ship in the latter months of 2021 and current commodity prices, there is a real chance that the 2021 Phase 1 commitment level might be reached, the analysis says. By the way... China's commitment for 2021 is $40.4 billion. January to April sales totaled just over $10 billion. Senate Republicans sweetened funding in the latest infrastructure proposal. Funding for roads and bridges, ports and waterways and rail among the areas that saw a boost in Senate Republicans' latest $928 billion infrastructure proposal. Roads and bridges would get $207 billion more compared to the proposal offered in April. Ports and waterways would get $22 billion instead of $17 billion, and rail would get a $26 billion increase. While the overall proposal is a $328 billion increase over their original $600 billion offer, President Joe Biden's latest proposition is $1.7 trillion. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the administration, encouraged by the increase, but is still concerned that the plan to pay for the proposal is not clear. Here's today's He Said It. Instead of arrogantly issuing these devastating decrees, the administration must work with the San Joaquin Valley congressional delegation to ensure Valley families and farmers receive the water that is rightfully theirs. That Valley Republican, Representative Devin Nunes on the Bureau of Reclamation cutting valley water allocations this week. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, May 28th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.